The devil's a liar every time. Hallelujah. Today is December 3rd. And today is the last day for us to, if you are, feel so led, to uh, present a gift card or the amount for a $25 gift card for the Tupelo Children's Mansion. See Sister Becker with that. If you have that or put it in the offering plate, December 9th, Christmas party at our house. We need a count of how many are going to be there. We, we need to, to know how many seats to put out and things of that nature. Uh, that's going to start at 2 p.m. Uh, my wife wanted to mention that there in Sparta, they have an area that's opened up only in the wintertime during Christmas. It's called Kringle Fest, and it's basically a little shopping area with um, all kinds of little booths and different things that they're selling, uh, knickknacks and Christmas ornaments and just all kinds of stuff. If you wanted to come a little early and check that out, uh, it'd be worth your while. We went and walked it last year. It was really nice. Um, December 11th, CS, or excuse me, December 17th, CFC offering Christmas for Christ offering is due on December the 17th. And then on December 24th, one service at 10 a.m., 10.30, I'm sorry, 10 o'clock prayer. And um, on the dinner at our house next Saturday, there's also a sign-up sheet in the back. If you haven't signed up for something, or if you need to talk to, to somebody about that, talk to my wife, Sister Carol DeMuth, about that. Uh, we pretty much almost got everything covered, but if there's something you want to bring, uh, just let her know. And then the cleaning sign-up sheet for 2024 is not quite full yet, so hurry up and get back there and get your name on the list. Don't, don't, don't run each other over trying to get back there, but amen. <laughs> Fighting over what day, what month, what... We're going to go back to doing it on a monthly basis this year. So everybody, uh, every group that does that will get a couple of months a year. So uh, the months are filling up already. Amen. Can't wait to be here to keep the house of God clean, right? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's all stand. And as we, be, as we come into this place to worship and magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Savior of my life, Savior of your life, amen. Amen. He's God. He's the God of gods, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. He's our Savior, our healer, our deliverer, our shepherd, our shield, and our defense. He's our strong tower. He's our best friend. He said that he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And it's not just something we do. It's not just some exercise that we go through. Oh, we're going to sing three songs and call it good. We're here to magnify and lift up and glorify the name of Jesus, the one that saved us. The one that called us, the one that delivered us, and is, is delivering us today and every day of our life. I need him more today than I needed him yesterday. And I'm going to need him again tomorrow, but I don't have tomorrow yet. All I've got is today. And right now is the moment. Right now is the time, Lord, that I'm going to give of myself to worship and magnify and glorify your name. You're worthy, God. You're so worthy, God, of all the glory. You're so worthy of all the praise. You're so worthy to be exalted. You're so worthy to be magnified and glorified. I don't want it to just be empty words from my lips. Lord, I want it to be from deep within my heart and my spirit. Oh, God, I want you to know that I love you, Lord Jesus, because you first loved me, God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving Loving me and loving your people today. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels. Sing in exultation, sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yea, Lord, we greet thee. On this happy morning, Jesus, to Thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy, for he alone is worthy, Christ the Lord Jesus. You're worthy today. You're always worthy. You're always worthy, whether we think so or not, whether we have an opinion about it or not, Lord, you're still worthy. You're always going to be worthy of all the glory, whether we want to give it or not, whether we want to worship you or not. God, you're still God, and you're still Lord, and you still are deserving of all the glory and the praise. Hallelujah to your holy, wonderful, mighty name. We give you the highest praise, that word hallelujah, Lord Jesus. All glory and praise and honor be unto you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, all the earth sing. If <laughs> your reigns, let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. Repeat the sounding joy. And I don't want no rock to cry out in my name. Oh, Jesus. Repeat the sounding joy. He will more let sins and sorrows glow. Nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make His blessings flow. For as the curse is found, for as the curse is found, for as or as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders, wonders of joy to the world. Oh, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. Heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. We don't need a season of the year. Oh, God, my God, we have joy in our hearts. No matter what we're going through right now, Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength today. In the name of Jesus, let the joy, let your joy be their strength today in this place today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Well, we have come into this house to magnify His name and worship Him. We have come into this house to gather in His name and worship Him. Oh, we have come into this house gathered in His name to worship His the Lord. Oh, worship Him. Jesus Christ the Lord. So forget about yourself and concentrate on Him and worship Him. So forget about yourself and concentrate on Him and worship Him. So forget about yourself and concentrate on Him and worship Christ the Lord. Worship Him. Jesus Christ the Lord, let us lift up holy hands and magnify the name and worship Him. Let us lift up holy hands and magnify His name and worship Him. Let us lift up holy hands, magnify His name and worship Him, the Lord. Oh, worship Him. Jesus Christ our Lord, for He is Lord, He is Lord, He has risen from the dead and He is Lord, every Let's sing that one more time. For He is Lord. You're Lord of my life, Lord Jesus. He is Lord. He has risen. He always will be my Lord as long as I want Him to be. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, every knee, I bow my knee right now, Lord Jesus. 
We magnify you. We worship you. We give ourselves wholly and completely to you in this place. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Only you are worthy to receive worship and praise. Only you are worthy to receive glory and honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are so thankful for you here today. We are so thankful for this opportunity you've given us to enter into the presence, the very presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, for what you're doing. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are an awesome God, and ever and altogether worthy of all worship and all praise. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. You're so glorious in this place. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, for who you're creating us, who you're making us to be. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. What a wonderful, glorious God we serve. It is a delight, it is a privilege to gather together with the people of God and enter into His presence and magnify His name together. Amen. Amen. What an awesome thing it is to worship the Lord together. Praise God. Amen. Our scripture text today is found in Matthew chapter 11, starting with verse 16. Matthew chapter 11, starting with verse 16. Starting with verse 16, we read this. But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He hath the devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And now Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, 
it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for me. At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Amen. We'll speak for the remainder of our time together on this topic, this present generation. This present generation. Lord Jesus, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you for that we are to receive here today. I pray, God, that you would prepare hearts and our minds to receive the word of truth. Help us, thou most high God, to receive it, to take ownership of it, to take action with it. I pray in Jesus' name, above all else, that your great and mighty name would be glorified here, that all of your heart would be accomplished here today, that your message would be delivered according to your will. Hallelujah, Jesus. And that your great name, your name, your mighty name would be glorified here, that you would be worshipped and praised, that you would be lifted up and magnified in this place today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Most of you are aware, probably all of you are aware, that there is a spirit of this age. And it stands against the knowledge of God. All you have to do is look outside. All you have to do is turn on the tube. All you got to do is turn on a radio. All you got to do is, is open your whatever app that you use. You'll see ads indicating exactly that. Watch some YouTube videos. This world stands against everything that's godly and righteous. This world stands against everything that God stands for. Amen. They are adept at calling evil good and good evil. Amen. Romans chapter 1, starting with verse 18, we read this. The slippery slope into apostasy. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Friend, this is the time of mercy. This is, this is the dispensation of grace. However, it will come to an end. It will end, folks, at some point in time. This will not go on forever. The God of mercy and grace will become your judge. And my plea, my cry now is that we be right with God now. That we get right with Him today. I know generally I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. But folks, this world needs Jesus Christ. It doesn't need anything or anyone else. It needs Jesus it needs to be transformed. Their very nature needs to be transformed. You can, as one guy says, you can put perfume on a pig all you want, but they're still a pig. we got to change them. I can't remain a pig, folks. God needed to transform me into someone else. My very nature needed to change. I can be reformed. I could, you can put paint on me. You can put different clothes on me. Spray me with perfume, make me look good. But on the inside, I'm full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. None of this matters until this is taken care of. And that's, that's always been the difference between holiness and standards. You can do standards all you want. And I appreciate, you know, dressing modestly. I don't want to look on a woman who's, who's half naked. I just don't need that. 
I appreciate that when, when you dress modestly, but when it comes to God, when it comes to your salvation and spirituality, if this isn't taken care of, you can wrap yourself in, in burlap cloth all day long and it won't save you. You've got to be transformed in here first. The law has to be written on the tables of our heart first. Continuing with verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath sowed it unto them. They say they profess they don't believe in God. The Bible says otherwise. All men everywhere know that God exists. They know it, but they refuse to acknowledge it. From the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. His creation testifies that there is indeed a creator. Because that when they knew God, they, they did know God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed, and fools in this context is someone who does not acknowledge God. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own flesh, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Amen. And I'm going to be talking about this present generation on and off, but in through it I am going to give warnings that it does not creep into your spirit. Because it has, folks. It has. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it has creeped into this assembly. It has creeped into your spirit and mine. Excuses not to gather together with the people of God. We'll find all kinds of reasons to do everything we want to do. Except come to the house of the Lord. You can go to work. You can go shopping. You can go to a friend's house. You can go anywhere else but the house of God. And some of you I'm not preaching to, if the shoe fits, then please wear it. Amen. That applies to everything I'm going to say today. We can do everything we want to do. Why don't we want to come to the house of God? Why don't we want to gather together with the people of God?
Now is not the time to be seeking to spend more of our precious time for mammon. Some people need to fall out of love with their paycheck and start falling in love with Jesus Christ. Now I understand. I understand. We got responsibilities. If you don't work, you don't eat. I get all that. I acknowledge that. I have a job too. But I'm not pursuing that exclusively. I'm not. There are certain positions in the the company I work for I'll never have, even if they're offered to me, because they work too many hours. I can't do it. I can't do it and serve the Lord the way I need to. I need to reserve my best for Him. He deserves my best. The world, if they get anything at all, they get the scraps. I'm sorry if that offends you, if you don't agree with that. My job gets the scraps. Jesus gets the best. Now, I give, I give them everything I can. We need to be a good witness. We work hard. We, we, everything we do testifies of who we serve. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not slacking off. I'm not taking 45-minute breaks when I get a 30. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus Christ gets my very best. The best of my time. The best of my energy. The best of my mental uh, focus. He gets the best of everything. Whatever's left over, that's what my job gets. We have Christians that focus on their job. There are a lot of reasons for that. But we can't do that. We've got to focus on the house of God. We've got to focus on the kingdom of God. That's our focus. That's got to be our focus. It has to be our focus, folks. This world is coming to a close. Everything is it's winding down. It's winding down, folks. And if we're going to do anything for God, we've got to do it now. We've got to do it quickly. Lack of faith in God and in His Word and more faith in other things. I think if we're completely transparent and honest with ourselves in the presence of God, we would come to the realization that when we pray for people, we're fully expecting absolutely nothing to happen. That's what we're expecting. Is it any wonder that that's what we get? We pray for someone because the Bible says to, but I know it's not going to work. And then we use anecdotes, and we rationalize, and we explain, and we reason away our lack of faith. If we prayed for people's healing as hard and as fervently as we prayed for people's salvation, I think we'd see more healings. I think we'd see more answered prayer, period. Conversely, yeah, I know no one's going to be shouting on this. Conversely, if we prayed for people's salvation as hard and as fervently as we prayed for people's healing, I think we'd see a lot less people receiving the Holy Ghost. We pray for people's salvation. Someone needs the Holy Ghost. We call them up here all the time until they get it. Now, if I want to go anecdotal here, it must not be God's will for them to receive the Holy Ghost. Because we prayed and they didn't get it. 
That's what we use for everything else. Right? That's what we use for everything else. God is certainly able to act sovereignly. But at the same time, he's given us revelations of truth. He's given us promises. And within the confines of those revelations, and within the confines of those promises, we are expected to act boldly, freely, confidently. Within the confines of those. God will not, he cannot contradict his own word. That guy getting the Holy Ghost. Well, he didn't get it. Maybe it's not God's will for him to be saved right now. Maybe God wants to use him after the rapture during the tribulation period. Maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe that's why they're not getting the Holy Ghost. Can't we rationalize anything we want? I can do all things through a scripture taken out of context. I really want that coffee mug. God can act sovereignly, right? (laughs) Christmas is coming. God can act sovereignly, right? Now, we know that's not the case because that contradicts scripture, doesn't it? We know that's not the case. God's not saving him for the tribulation. He's not. He wants him saved right now. Matthew 15, 7 through 9 says, Ye hypocrites, well did Esaias prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Okay, we've got to do more than simply try to maintain our salvation, folks. That's not God's plan for any of his people. Maintenance is not part of the plan. It's not part of God's calling. We've got to purpose in our heart to move forward in God. And I know, I know. Many of you are my elders. You have been serving God and living for God longer than I have. You've done things for God. You've sacrificed things for God. I acknowledge all of that. And I'm not making light of any of that. Please understand me. I respect, I madly respect anyone that serves God like you guys have. However, that was yesterday. I did things for God yesterday. I sacrificed things for God yesterday. God is not a God of the past. He's a God of the present. And we look forward to the future. Amen. Amen. Please understand where I'm coming from. We have got We have got to acknowledge the calling that is on our lives. If we're still breathing, folks, we have a ministry that needs to be accomplished. None of us are retired here. Bishop retired from pastoring, but he's not retired. Neither one of them. Sister Parker, they're not retired. They're still very active in ministry. I expect to be very active in ministry in some form until I die or until God takes me. There is no retirement from this, folks. There's no retirement. When he calls me home, then I get to rest. But until then, there's a battle to be fought. There's people that need to hear the gospel. 
We've got to be about kingdom business. We've got to be about his business. That's why we're still here. He has called us to this time and to this place for such a time as this. We've got the purpose in our hearts to become his disciples. The job isn't done. Our work isn't done. There's more yet to do. 2 Corinthians 12, 15, this is, this is Paul speaking. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Mark 10:45. Jesus speaking, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Can I say this about me? Can you say this about you? That I would very happily spend and be spent for you. That I would pour myself out to minister to you. Can I say that? Can I say that I'm here not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give my life a ransom for many? Not in the way he did, but to lay my life down in deference to yours. To esteem other better than myself. Does this seem like he's asking too much of us? Is this too difficult a task for us to accomplish? Is this too unreasonable? We say no, but we do yes. We act a lot of times as if this is unreasonable. And I'm talking about all of us here. Like this is too much to ask. I need some free time. I got to unwind. I got to take care of this. I got to take care of that. Maybe there are other things in my schedule that I can set aside. If the Lord is asking me to do something else. In our scripture text. Jesus is a little bit frustrated by the Pharisees because they want to see a sign like they haven't seen one already. And Jesus, I think, is frustrated to the point where in his flesh he doesn't know what to do here. Where and who shall I like in this generation? What, what can I say about what's going on here? You complain about John. John came to you all skull-faced and stern. John came to you all preaching repentance and, and you need to do this and, and separated himself from everybody, ate locusts and wild honey all by himself. And you said he's got a devil. I come. I'm the opposite. I'm available. I'm, I'm speaking to everybody. And I'm a gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Yeah. Yeah, which one is it? I pipe to you, and you won't dance. I mourn to you, and you won't lament. You're not affected by anything that I try with you guys. 
What can I do to impact you? What can I do to get you to see, to realize? And as the people of God, friend, listen. We can get to the place, if we're not careful, where this all becomes very familiar. And we're very used to the presence of God. And we're very used to all of these spiritual words. And we fail to realize the responsibilities that fall in place with that. We have responsibilities to the kingdom of God. Yes, salvation is free. But folks, I owe him everything. I owe him everything. He is my Lord. He is my God. And he's my Savior. If he's my Lord, if I've bent the knee to him, if I acknowledge him as my sovereign, then he gets to tell me what to do. And that's not just in a... In a Really good service, really good worship service. That's every moment of every day of the week. He gets to tell me what I do at work. He gets to tell me what I get to do at 2.30 in the morning. He gets to tell me when I get up. And if I don't, and if I make excuses, and I find reasons why I don't have to or can't, then who's Lord? Not Him. Not Him. Moving under the assumption that He is the Lord of our lives. Moving under the assumption that we are His children. What do you think He would have us do? This world, folks, isn't going to change by itself. I promise you that. It will get worse. It is. Absolutely it is. Who can affect that? Who has the power to change that? The church does. That's you. That's me. The church has the power to affect what's going on out there. They can't. They won't. This generation hates God. It hates the things of God. There is a spirit of this age, folks. It is so arrogant. And it is so upfront and in your face. And it used to it used to hide just under the covers. It used to it used to it used to show a little bit of, of discretion, but it doesn't anymore. It's in your face, and if you don't like it, too bad. We can't abide that. We ought not abide that, folks. There are all of these things. But they have no power to change. They have no power to save themselves. They have no power to be delivered from any of that. 
Only Jesus can do that for them. Only Jesus could do it for me. They need Jesus Christ. And if they are going to get Jesus or be introduced to Jesus or enter into a relationship with Jesus, it's going to be through you and through me. As a church, as families, and as individuals, we need to start being more purposeful about mission, about ministry. I appreciate the fact that you guys go on vacations. We need a vacation every now and again. But let's not make that the focus. Let's not make a bunch of overtime at work the focus. Because there's, there's a responsibility that we have to discharge. There's a responsibility we have to the kingdom of God that needs to be met. He's given us all the power and all the authority to do it. That doesn't come for free, folks. That always comes tied together with responsibility. And if you won't receive the responsibility, you won't receive the authority either. Pray that the spirit that's in this world will quickly be removed from our spirit. This isn't this living for God, this kingdom experience isn't just one more thing added to another already busy life. Not just one more responsibility I got to track somewhere. That's not what this is. This is everything. This is this is it. Everything else is, is periphery. Everything else is tertiary. If I fulfill these responsibilities here, God takes care of everything else. I'm going to have a job. I'm going to I'm going to be able to provide. I'm going to be able to to meet all of my obligations. But if I focus on that to the expense of this, I'm not guaranteed either of them. I could very well lose that just so God gets my attention. You love your home? I hope you do. I believe God gives us these homes. But if you make that your focus, that can burn to the ground real quick. God knows how to get your attention. He knows how to get my attention. But should he have to get our attention, folks? He should already have our attention. He should have our full, undivided attention. When he talks, when he speaks into my life, I need to be moving. I need to be doing something with that. Because he's my sovereign. When the king speaks, I jump. I move. I act. I don't question. I don't give him a better idea. 
You don't need you don't need my ideas. Again, I've tried it. You can try it if you want. You'll end up in the same spot I did. Let me know when you're there. I'll show you how to get out. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Just do what he says, folks. He knows how old you are. He knows how young you are. He knows the condition of your health. He knows the responsibilities that you have. And he's telling you to do these things anyway. There must be a reason for that. There must be a reason for that. We've got to get purposeful about moving forward. We've got to become disciples of Jesus Christ. There's a whole lot more to living for God than just sitting on a pew and enjoying his presence. I love enjoying the presence of God. I do enjoy the presence of God. Every single chance I get. But there's more to living for Jesus than that. Sometimes I'm in prayer and I don't feel a thing. Sometimes I worship God and I feel nothing. Now what do I do? I keep doing what's right. That's right. I keep doing the right thing. I keep worshiping God. I keep praying. I keep doing what I, what I know to do. Because that pleases Him. I'm not asking God to, to give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me my Pentecostal fix. Give me my goosebumps. Now there was a time in my spiritual walk that, yeah, I did that. But then, as we all do, we mature. When we're new converts, folks, new babes in Christ, we understand. We get hungry, we cry. We mess ourselves. Someone needs to clean us up. Absolutely. That's good and that's right. But I can't be 45 years old and still a baby. Messing myself and throwing up on people. Now there's a problem, isn't there? So moving forward in God means maturing in God. It means he can trust us with more responsibilities. He can trust us to do more things. a city to reach we have family members that need God we have people at work that need God Colossians 2 4 through 8 states this and this I say lest any man should beguile you with enticing words for though I be absent in the flesh yet am I with you in the spirit joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. First thing I want to say here is verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. We've received a free gift from him, but we've got to do something with it. God is expecting us. He's expecting me to move forward in that, to walk forward in that. 
to take steps on purpose, to purpose in my heart to move forward. I can't just stay where I'm at, enjoy the blessings, and wait for Jesus to come pick me up. There are people that do that. Some of them will say that they don't do that, but they do. We are expected to walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught. We're expected to lay a foundation upon which Jesus can build on. Amen. In verse 8, don't look to the world for wisdom, folks. Don't look to Uncle Bob for wisdom. Unless, unless he's your uncle. <laughs> look to the Word of God. Look to Jesus Christ for wisdom. And don't let the spirit of pride and rebellion get into your spirit. The spirit of offense. This world is offended at everything. It celebrates pride, not just the the LGBTQ community. It's celebrated across the board. The spirit of rebellion. I'm not rebellious, I'm independent. No, you're rebellious. Don't get caught up with the values and priorities of this world. The things that the world prioritizes and the things that the world values, they have nothing to do with you, nothing to do with me. They value worldly success. Get to the top no matter what. Even we do in the church. We admire success. We respect success. We do. Doesn't matter what's what's in the guy's or the girl's heart. Doesn't matter that their their personal lives are a dumpster fire. They're a success. That can even apply in the church. You got a great big pastor with a great big church, and he's messing around doing all kinds of things. Ah, but he's got a great big church. He's doing awesome things for God. doesn't matter folks that's not the priority the priority isn't a big building in in big numbers the priority is faithfulness to god obedience to god that's the priority and if i don't take care of that nothing else matters nothing else matters nothing if i don't meet my obligations here to the lord jesus christ nothing else in my life matters I can prioritize anything or anyone else, and it will come to naught. Because I have put Jesus in second place, and I have set up an idol in my life instead. Jesus doesn't deserve any place but first. Not in my life and not in anyone else's. Make him first. Imitate Jesus Christ. Imitate Jesus Christ. 
we've got to understand in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. This takes precedence. This is the priority. In heaven, when we make it home, none of that's going to matter. All that's going to be ash. All that stuff that you're worried about, fretting about, it's going to be burned up and destroyed. Put your time, put your finances, put your talents into something eternal. Into something that will last forever. Amen. Build relationships with family. Absolutely do that. But even then, use it as an opportunity to minister. Jesus, if you examine the life of Jesus Christ, sometimes he looks a little bit fanatical. Other times he, he doesn't seem that way at all. In service to the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're going to be fanatical about anything, folks, it ought to be this. It ought to be serving God. It ought to be what he's done in my life. I should be fanatical about, about that. Why wouldn't I want to tell anyone about that? Why wouldn't I want to explain to someone, I don't have to sit down with a 12-week Bible study. Oftentimes you don't have time for a 12-week Bible study. But I can certainly relate in a few minutes what God has done for me. The miracles that I've experienced serving God. The transformation that happened in my heart when I came to Him. Folks, that's something to be excited about. Everything that He's done for us is a free gift. It's a free gift. And I should be excited about that. Why wouldn't I be? If I can be excited about anything else, I ought to be excited about this. I'm a pretty low-key guy. I, I don't... Not a lot of ups and downs. It's pretty even keel. But this is something I can get excited about. Because it's so, it's so out of this world. It is so absolutely mind-blowing what God has done, what God desires to do yet in my life. It's hard for me to grasp. I stumble when I think and when I consider and when I reflect on, on everything that God has done. And to realize that that's, that that's the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more yet to come. Why would I hold that back from someone? Why would I keep silence about that? Keep silent about that. I'm so glad someone spoke up, not to me, to someone else, but I overheard them. 
loud enough where I could hear. <laughs> I'm so glad that that day happened. I'm so glad that he was talking to someone. Otherwise, I have no idea where I'd be right now. Except for that one fateful moment in time. My path completely diverged because of that one moment in time. It wasn't a 12-week Bible study. It wasn't anything deep at all. It was some bad information about the book of Revelation. Dude was way off. Just horrible. But it was enough. It was enough. He was a new guy, too. He just started going to church a couple months ago. He didn't know anything. Thought he did. <clears throat> just like us when we got into church. But it was enough, folks. Whatever you have is going to be enough. Learn, grow, get more knowledge, get more understanding. Absolutely, you need to. But God can use you today, right now, with everything that you have. He can use that. He can use it wondrously to lead someone to him. That's why we're here, folks. We're here to seek and to save that which was lost, to perfect the saints. That's God's mission on earth. That's the church's mission. That's what we're here to do. Everything else is a means to an end. It's one of those two. That's why we're here. That's the only reason that we're here. So let's be about our Father's business. Let's take care of His business. Let's make His business a priority in our lives. We're going to always have reasons. We're always going to have excuses and, and, and explanations as to why we can't. I'm asking that we find reasons and excuses and explanations to say yes. Let's find a reason to say yes to Jesus Christ. Let's find a reason to do more for him. To move forward in him. Amen. Let's all stand. spirit of the world remains, but those that are bound and trapped by it, they don't have to. They can be saved. They can be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. There are people in our spheres of influence. There are people that we come in contact with. Folks, there are people in this city, in this county. They're hungry. They're looking. They're praying. God, send if God, if you're real, do this or send that person or whatever. God, if you're real, just let me know. God will send people to them. God will answer that prayer. But we've got to be listening. We've got to be available. We've got to be willing. Amen. If you'd find a place to pray, whether in your pew or at the altar, God is here. I'd ask that you enter into his presence now.
that you'd establish a one-on-one with him. Let him speak with you. You speak with him. 